Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It's another day after game edition of Flyers Daily. Yes, welcome to your Saturday, January 16th episode of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. The Flyers come away with a 5-2 win in game number two of the 2021 NHL season. They take game one, 6-3 over the Penguins. They take game two, 5-2 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they start the year off 2-0 with two home wins for the first time in 23 years. They start off with two home wins to start a season. And the Flyers, once again, getting depth scoring, but also a hat trick from Travis Konechny. We thought he had a goal in game number one. No, 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 no. It was taken away overnight in the late hours of that evening as it was deemed to have deflected off the helmet of Oscar Lindblom. He got the goal in game one, which we're all happy about. He also got a goal in game two, an empty netter to seal the win. But Travis Konechny, three goals and an assist, a four-point night. So in each of these first two games, Joel Farabee had a goal and three assists in the first game. And Travis Konechny, three goals and an assist in game number two. And once again, the Flyers with a good performance. Got outplayed at points in the game, but Carter Hart played excellent with 31 saves on 33 shots. The other big storyline to come out of this game, and it's not a good one, is that Sean Couturier only had two shifts in the hockey game and a total of 45 seconds time on ice. Uh, Obviously, we're hoping that Sean Couturier... Uh, We'll be able to be available coming up on Monday. As we get more information on that, we will translate it to you. But that meant that other Flyer players really needed to pick up the slack in this game, and they did. Guys like Nolan Patrick, guys like Kevin Hayes, uh, to fill that void. And it's a big void. When Sean Couturier goes out of a game, that is a huge void to fill. And uh, the Flyers are, are able to do that. They do have other players on this team that have played center. Uh, Obviously, Claude Giroux comes to mind right away, although he stayed on the wing. Uh, But the Flyers, shorthanded without Couturier, still manage to uh, keep the Penguins in a position where they they got close, but they never took the lead. Once the Flyers took that 3-0 lead, the Penguins never got it tied. They got within one, but were unable to get the game tied thanks to some timely goaltending from Carter Hart. After the game, Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault addressed the media. Hey, V. First of all, what's the uh, update? Uh, on uh, Coots, and uh, can you talk about uh, how the team rallied with him out of the lineup tonight? Uh, Coots will get an MRI tomorrow on his shoulder, so I'll, I'll know more in the, in the next couple of days. That's all I have as far as an update for you right now. Uh, you know, there's no doubt we lost him, I think it was first or second shift there, his second shift, I think it was. Uh, so uh, down 11 forwards. Uh, you know, I thought it, it, tonight's game, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, 
Carter Hart is is the difference. Uh, but I'm not going to apologize for good goaltending. Uh, Carter was was the difference tonight. But I thought in the third period, when the game was on the line, we played our best hockey of the night. So that for me is a very positive sign. Elaine, um, can you just talk about the the team and the way they they uh, they rallied without Sean in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no doubt Sean, everybody knows that he's a big part of our team. But but at the end of the day, uh, you know, injuries are, are, are part of, of the game. So, you know, it's next man up who can come up and, and play. And uh, that's what we did when we got down to 11-4. I think for us tonight, uh, you know, playing a team, the same team back to back, uh, they had they had lost the first game they, and they had played well also, but they, they had lost. So you could tell that... Uh, they came out with, uh, you know, more spunk and, uh, you know, very physical. And I, I thought, uh, you know, for the first two periods, uh, you know, they had the, the better of the, the scoring opportunities and Carter was a difference. But in the third, with the game on the line and, and us by by one, uh, I thought we played some solid hockey. We spent more time in their end and were able to uh, get the win and, and win the third period. <clears throat> Obviously, Carter, you know, is viewed as one of the best young goalies in the game. Travis Konechny led your team in points last year. Given the circumstances with, with Coots going out, things being a bit sloppy, is this the kind of game where you sort of need your best players to step up and carry the load? Well, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, you're playing against a team that, uh, you know, has got a lot of experience, have got star players, the team that has a lot of pride. So you knew that, that they were going to come out and uh, be feisty, which they were. I mean, they, they played hard and they, they played a good game. Carter made some great saves. We were able to capitalize on on some of our looks by by doing the right things on the ice, by going to the net, stopping in front, uh, you know, getting to those uh, second opportunities. And, uh, you know, injuries are part of the game. So somebody else is going to step in like uh, we did tonight, and somebody else is going to have to play well for us. Hey, Elaine, um, given the unusual circumstances of the season, the offseason and all that, are you keeping a closer eye on – the minutes that each of your forwards or, or defensemen play. I mean, I know you want to roll four lines anyway, but are you monitoring it even more closely given the circumstances? Yeah, there's no doubt, uh, you know, considering the, the condensed schedule, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, all the games are, are, are in critical importance. Uh, we're monitoring everything right now. You know, our conditioning guys are, are looking at the, the loads, are looking at the science. And uh, we're going to take an important look at, at all the minutes, our four lines and our six Ds, uh, to make sure that our our guys are in the best possible condition all the time. How important was it, do you think, obviously, for TK to get the hat trick, not just for the goals for the team, but kind of the whole confidence boost after the way his season ended last year? And do you get a sense of really what went wrong with the playoffs for him last year? Somehow we lost it. That last part there, I understood the first part about TK. Uh, and the imports, but I didn't get the last part. But what I can say about TK is, you know, there's no doubt that uh, this is a, a new season, clean slate for everyone. He's come here with uh, the right mindset and the best, the best of intentions. And tonight, by going to the net hard, you know, and, and stopping and, and being at the right spot, he found a way to, to capitalize on some of his opportunities. So uh, it's a step forward uh, for him. Hopefully it's a, a good step for his confidence. Uh, he's a big player, an important player on our team, and we need him to play well. 
uh, with connecting a touch on him again, it just seems like he's really putting an emphasis on going to the net. Just Is that a sign of maturity that a guy led your team in goals last year and this year he, he just wants to go to the net? Well, I think it's, it's a sign of a, of a player. You know, uh, Travis is still a very young player. Uh, starting to figure out the game and understand the game and where he can be more um, most useful. So that's what players, as they get more experience, uh, as they play more games, they are able to to understand things and and you know figure the game out. And I think that's what's going on with TK. Charlie, hi, Eileen. Um, Nolan Patrick had the third most minutes of any forward tonight. Um, obviously, with Couturier out, you got you need to lean on some other guys, but. You know, considering his layoff, was there any hesitation to, to use them as as much as you did tonight? No, and you know I thought he he looked fine, and uh, you know with the fact that uh, Coots was out, I, I tried G in the middle a, a couple of times uh, on other lines, and obviously I played uh, Nolan a little bit more there. So, you know that's just uh, part of uh, getting down to eleven players, eleven forwards, and figuring out a way to win. Flyers head coach. Elaine Vino addressing the media, and uh, Flyer Sean Couturier going to get an MRI on that shoulder. We'll see what that entails. We'll see if that opens up a door, an opportunity for a young player. This is where organizational depth comes into play, perhaps an opportunity for Morgan Frost to jump into the lineup. Had a good camp. We'll see if that happens. Let's get to some Twitter questions. Because uh, Sandus, Minnesota, asked me on Twitter at the end of the game. So taking questions today, Jason? I said, sure, let's take some questions. So here we go. And because Sandus, Minnesota, uh, was the one with the idea, he gets the first question. Even though the Flyers scored 11 goals in the last two games, uh, should we be concerned with the lack of shots and offensive chances? It's a good question. They were outshot, I think, 34 to, or 35 to 24 in the first game. And in this game, they had only 20 shots or so against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, is that a reason for concern? They did have 20 shots in the, in the game on Friday night. Um, a little bit. It is actually a little bit of a concern for me because that's sometimes I don't look at the result of the game, even though the result is all that matters. Sometimes you have to look at the process, and the process sometimes is it dictates dictates more what's going to happen in the future than what happened exactly in that night. Now they got great goaltending in both games and timely saves from Carter Hart, and they won both games, and they deserve to win both games because they exploded for five goals on twenty shots on Friday, and six goals on 24 shots on Wednesday. But you do need to generate more chances. And you heard Elaine Vigneault talk about it. He talked about it after the first game, and he's going to harp on it until he, it's till, uh, to his satisfaction that they need to spend more time in the other team's zone. They didn't do that again in Game 2. And that's a coach reading the process, not the result. A lot of times you see a team that's streaking when the Flyers, perhaps in one of those years, were on one of those 8- or 10-game win streaks. And you're looking at it at the end of that win streak, and you're going, oh, yeah, they're lucky they got another win. Oh, they're lucky they got another win because it looks like the wheels are ready to fall off because of the process. The same thing goes when you're a team that's struggling. You start to see a team come out of the way, not playing poorly, but still losing games, and you know it's going to turn around here real soon because the process is good. It works both ways. So it is a little bit of a concern. Uh, it's something that they'll look to clean up and do better in the games against Buffalo starting on Monday and Tuesday. Nick Devine tweets in and he says, Flyers seem to miss Niskanen in these games against the Penguins to settle things down a bit when the game got a little crazy. Do you think a current player can fill that role? Um, this is a weird answer. I don't think a current player can fill the role of Niskanen, but I think a current player has filled that role in the first two games. I didn't see the games get overwhelmed 
overwhelmed uh, in against the Penguins. Uh, but there are players like Ivan Provorov and especially that pairing of Sanheim and Myers that can calm a game down. Now, Niskanen did it as a quiet leader, and when you just needed a really good detail-oriented shift, he did it. I don't think there's a player on the t- on this team that fills his role, penalty kill, power play, to all those things. But it doesn't mean that they can't be successful without Matt Niskanen. In, in some ways, maybe they can be more successful, but that remains to be seen. Anthony tweets in, at Spunky41182. Anthony tweets in a lot. He says, is it concerning that in the first two games that they're spending long stretches in their defensive zone, or is it more due to how open the game is due to the short season and no preseason? No, it's kind of the same as the first question from Sanders. Um, It is a little concerned. They need to spend more time in the opposition zone. All these teams are coming in under the same parameters. They all had the same amount of time in training camp. They all had an interrupted and, and different training period as they got ready for the season. So it, it is a little concerning, again, going back to the process. Tyler tweets in, Tyler Thurlow, and he says, what are your thoughts on the defensive zone play? It looks very undisciplined at times. Do you think it will just need time to mesh considering no preseason? Do pairings need to be adjusted? I think they're going to try out different pairings, and in-game too, I think. We've already seen it a little bit. We saw Eric Gustafson with Ivan Provorov at points. We've seen Justin Braun with Ivan Provorov. Uh, depending on the game, the situation, the matchup, I think we'll see some different combinations there. And when Shane Gostisbehere is help, healthy, that that's obviously going to be an option as well. Or Mark Friedman, if there's injuries, those things will come into play. Um, but as far as defensive zone play, and somebody tweeted me this, something to this effect during the game, why is it so wide open? Why are these teams trading so many odd man rushes? In the beginning of just about every NHL season, it's wide open, goal scoring's up, and all the all the people that love more scoring and make the nets bigger and shrink the goalies' equipment are all applauding. Look, we finally got it. The NHL, they're scoring more goals. But then by December or January, it's clamped down to be what it is every year. That's just systems tightening. That's players playing more disciplined in the system. And, you know, in the beginning of the year, there's a little bit less uh, details in the system to, to defend and slow teams down in the neutral zone and in your D zone. And I think that's the same thing here. Uh, CFW at Ice War Games says, how big of a sample size to say this team is legit? Cheers to TK. Yeah, cheers to TK on the hat trick as well. Um, how big of a sample size? Um, two games is not enough. I, I, th- I thought they were legit coming into the season. Anything that I've seen so far has been kind of backed that up because of the depth and, and the way that they come in waves at teams and don't let teams up for air. But if you're looking for amount of games, if that they're humming along, if they if they open up the season and go, you know, eight three and one something like that, then you go okay, it's a good start, but it's still not enough. Hockey seasons are full of ebbs and flows, and you just need to be peaking at the right time. You need to be in position to make the playoffs. You need to be peaking at the right time. You need to be healthy. You need to get good goaltending. Um, it's not complicated. It's why the NHL playoffs have so many variables to them, and that any team that gets in a one through eight seed can go on a run. And we've seen it happen time in and time again in the NHL. Um, they're legit, though. I mean, they're a legitimately good hockey team. They, The, the fact that, I, and look, the game last night, I thought Nolan Patrick was the best player on the ice. I really do. And this isn't me just going pumping a guy's tires. I thought he had the most consistent game shift in, shift out. Now, Konechny had four points. He had a hat trick and an assist. But still. I thought that Nolan Patrick was the most effective player on the ice for the team shift in and shift out in that game. 
And obviously, the addition of Nolan Patrick makes a big difference to that court word, quote, legit. Uh, Logan tweets in, Logan G, and he says, uh, can you talk about Coot's injury and who will take his place if he's out? Frost looked amazing through camp, and should I be worried about the power play looking more like a pit man advantage at times? No, the power play's fine. They, they had a couple power plays where they got disjointed, and that's right when Couturier went out. Uh, they, had a, they had a line on the ice. It would have been the Couturier line with Lindblom and Travis Konechny, and I think Kevin Hayes was playing center, and they went right on the power play. So they had to put a unit together really quickly. And it wasn't normal because Sean Couturier wasn't there and Travis Konechny was right off a shift. So they had a couple power plays early in the game that didn't look great. Um, but later in the game, they really they, they got it going. Um, Hubcap says, is Malkin washed up? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, I think he can still play. Um, is he the player he was? I don't think that. Chris Moran treats, uh, tweets in with a very interesting question. He says, as a goaltender, does your approach change when your offense is clicking? And that's interesting. Your mental approach does. It's just human nature. Knowing, you know, my team is going to be able to score four, five, six goals, and they've scored five and six in games one and two. You never bank on that going into a game. Um, but in-game, if your team's really flying up and down the ice and scoring and and having a lot of success offensively, then yes. But in this game last night, that I don't think that would be the case because the Flyers, or either of these games, the Flyers were outshot in both games. But you know, you don't want your approach to change at all. Human nature does make it maybe change a little bit. But when it comes to Carter Hart, his rigidity and his routine and his mindset never changes. So I doubt it. I doubt. Uh, for that particular goaltender, it really changes a whole heck of a lot. I, you saw him at the end of the game. They were up 5-2, to two and he's still competing his butt off to make every save. Um, no goalie ever wants to let any pucks go in. Great goalies don't let them go in in practice, let alone when you're up 5-2. to two. Um, You could say, well, that's a stat thing. It's not a stat thing. It's just you don't like to get beat. You don't like to get beat ever. So there you go. Some Twitter questions for you on this episode of Flyers Daily. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another brand new episode, Sunday episode. We'll start to preview the next series, which will be the Buffalo Sabres, which will begin on Monday night uh, at 7 o'clock, and they'll play their first back-to-back Monday and Tuesday, both against Buffalo, who lost their first two games against the Washington Capitals. So that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Please leave us a rating and review. Uh, that way other Flyer fans can find this podcast if they have not already. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening. Enjoy your Saturday, and uh, we'll catch you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily.